0: Welcome back to a fine time for healing—a place where your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being are all that matters. So sit back, relax, and enjoy today's show. Today we have with us Jennifer, Jennifer Rozek Sukalo, who is a transformational expert. Her work has appeared in *LipStrong*, *Prevention* magazine, *Fast Company*, and more. She is a highly sought-after speaker and consultant. With over 10 years as a as a global leadership consultant, helping high performing individuals at various multinational Fortune 500 companies create positive and sustainable change in themselves to become better for those they lead. Um, and Jennifer holds a master's from Arizona State University and a BS from California State University, Fresno, her bachelor of science and master of science degrees are centered around behavioral change, which is so relevant to the book that we're going to talk about today. And, uh, this is Jennifer's book, claim your swagger, stop surviving and start thriving. Okay. This is what we want. We want to do so much more than survive. Okay. So swagger, is a method or a uh, is it an acronym for a process that you use
1: yes so swagger i like to say it a couple of ways swagger first and foremost is not just a word it's a lifestyle it's something that should be practiced and worked on daily And to help people understand what it means to really claim your swagger i created an acronym which then became the swagger method or the swagger approach so swagger stands for self-worth appreciation for your strengths and limitations gratitude for how your life experiences have helped shape who you are grounded in your core values empowered to overcome your self-limiting beliefs and renewed through a greater focus on your passion and purpose. Okay, I love it.
0: Um, so why are most
1: people afraid of showing the world who they truly are? Well, as I wrote in the book, I think we've been conditioned for so long to attach who we are to what we do or what we have. So we've attached our worth for many, many years to external things. And the problem with that is when, we, when those things go away or if those things change, then we forget who we are. I think there's also this fear that if we show people who we truly are, that it won't be enough, that they won't deem us worthy. But in order to be able to truly embrace who we are and say to the world, this is me, this is who I am, we have to first step out of the courtroom and not be sitting in the chair as the defendant waiting for the judge and jury to deem us worthy. We have to first create a mindset shift, recognizing that our worth is innate. We were born worthy, full stop no qualifiers needed. And until we embrace that concept, I think there will be this consistent fear that we're not enough, we won't be deemed enough. And so that's where I think a lot of that fear comes from. So
0: well said, I love the analogies of the courtroom and the judge and all of those kind of things. Um, This is something I come upon very often in my practice. Um, And what I find is exactly what you're saying. Once somebody embraces who they are and accepts them themselves in every way, they are resilient in life. Exactly. Everything in the past is diminished and they're about, they can embrace their future with power. Um, So you say when you stop caring what other people think of you, then you release the power they have over you. And um, I call this external validation. Mm -hmm. And it's very important that we learn
1: to have internal validation, right? right? Right. Absolutely. I think that is one of my favorite phrases in the book. It's such a simple concept, but simple doesn't mean easy to do. Because again, we're used to, it It feels good when somebody says something nice to you, or if you're on social media, when you get a like or a comment or those things feel good. But what we have to recognize is that we need to be who we are. And when we stop caring what other people think and start being who we were born to be, then it won't matter how many likes you get or what people say to you because you know who you are, what you're all about, why you're here, that you have value, that you add value on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. that you make the world a better place just by being in it. Mm -hmm. And when you can do that, then you won't care about the rest. And that is such an incredibly powerful place to be because nothing, it's almost as if you put this armor on and nothing can penetrate it. You know, nothing can get to you because you can just brush it right off. Nope, that doesn't need to impact me because I know who I am and I'm okay. And I don't need you to tell me that I'm okay. Absolutely right. Yeah.
0: And embracing who we are doesn't mean just embracing our talents and our gifts. It means embracing everything. Um, and I think the that good, people, the bad, and the ugly. Absolutely. So and we, we all have them. We all have them. And I think people want to diminish their
1: bad and ugly (laughs) well and a Um, lot of people don't even want to talk about it so i i was engaged in a conversation recently with someone and we brought up something from their past and they said why did you do that i don't want to talk about that i i don't want anybody else to know about that and i thought to myself you know i get it i understand why people might feel that way there's sometimes this sense of perhaps we don't like who we were at that point in our life Perhaps we're ashamed a little bit about that part in our life, but instead of feeling shame, guilt, or discomfort, if we can look back and figure out how did we grow, develop, and what did we learn at that time in my life? How did it help me become who I am right now? And then you're not in that place of, oh gosh, I don't want to talk about it. Not to say that you have to go back and repeat those things, because I know for my own example, I've got plenty of things in my life that I don't want to go back and repeat. But I can truly say right now that I'm so grateful for those experiences because of who I've become and how I've grown and how I've developed as a result of them. That's right. Um, they, They are...
0: Not life sentences, they're life lessons.
1: Exactly. That's life right.
0: Lessons, right? So um, we need to look back and we need to. I completely agree with you. Um, everything that has happened along the way has brought us to where we are now. And it's all important in the story of our lives. That's and right. I think with social media now, people think everybody else is perfect. Right. They have perfect lives. They're perfect people. They have perfect friendships, uh-huh. perfect jobs. And it is a fallacy, a it's fantasy. Complete, yes, it's it completely. not real. And so no. what we do is we measure ourselves against other people thinking they got more
1: than we do. Nobody does, right? Well, absolutely. And I think what's really important there too is to recognize that people put on in especially in the social media world this false sense of to your point perfection that everything is great and everything is wonderful but in reality everybody goes through their own trials and tribulations everybody's had traumatic experiences in their lives everybody's had things that that didn't quite work out the way they had planned and they had to make mid course corrections and they had to make changes they've had mistakes But that is all part of learning and growing and developing. And when you can think about this concept that there is no failure, there's only learning, Mm -hmm. then we can start to embrace the parts where, you know what, this is harder than I thought it was going to be, or this didn't quite turn out as I thought it might, and not be afraid to show those missteps. And I think what you might find also, especially in the social media arena, people resonate with somebody who is genuine and authentic instead of being perfect. Mm -hmm. Now that's coming from a recovering perfectionist, which I will be my entire life (laughs) because I will never be perfect, even though I might strive to be. But people resonate with real. They resonate with someone who they can relate to because they're going through similar struggles or they're admitting that things aren't perfect. And that's okay. And that's what people really like because it makes them feel that they're connected to somebody else who is also perhaps struggling with something in life. You're right. You know, it's important to be
0: vulnerable with people as far as allowing them to see who you really are. Vulnerability doesn't mean that necessarily that you'll be taken advantage of, but I think it's important for people to understand that you have flaws too. And I know when I relate my issues and my flaws to other people, it makes them feel so much more comfortable.
1: I, I couldn't agree more. And I always like to tell when I worked with leaders a lot vulnerability in some cultures, they equate it to weakness. Mm-hmm. But I have tried to encourage people to see that actually, allowing yourself to be seen as a human being mm-hmm. is not weak. It's actually really courageous because you're allowing people to see that this isn't perfect, that we are real and we are authentic and we are genuine. And there are missteps that we make and we can laugh at them and we can learn from them and we can grow from them. But vulnerability, and I have had to embrace that quite a bit in the writing of this book because I'm an incredibly private person, really. And so sharing so much of myself was a very big step for me and really hard for me to do. And at the same time, I knew how incredibly important it was to be able to relate to the reader, the listener, and help them see that I've gone through my own crap. And it's not always been pretty. It's been pretty bad sometimes. And, And that's okay. That's okay. Because look where I am now and look who i am now because of it right but being willing to embrace that vulnerability is it's not easy for a lot of people to do and that doesn't mean you have to share every single thing about yourself either right that's another misconception i think about being able to be relatable you share what you're comfortable with right and yeah you know and as it relates
0: to situations like we don't right. want to just you know pour out our entire life and all our vulnerabilities to every single person we meet but when it's relatable or it's you're discussing something with someone or meeting someone you can bring these things into it um i love the quote by my my angelou um we do what we do till we know better and when we
1: know better we do better i love that uh, quote no it's absolutely true right i mean right. that we. We sometimes don't know what we don't know, and that's why we go through some of these experiences. They are our learning opportunities. They're put in our life for a reason to help us learn something that we needed to learn so that we can get to the next step, so that we can do something differently. Now, the challenge, I think, becomes when we refuse to learn from some of our experiences, I think that one I don't remember who said it, but that quote that said, "If you if you refuse to re- learn from history, you're doomed to kind of repeat it," yes. something to that effect. Mm-hmm. I think our lessons and those tough lessons in life that are brought to us, if we refuse to learn from them, we might continue to see them along our path because we have yet to learn what we needed to learn from them. You're
0: absolutely right. Yeah, it's not it's not something we can just skip over, you know. Right. Um, because we will come up against it over and over. Um, You quote um, Carl Jung as saying, the privilege of a
1: lifetime is to become who you truly are. So, I love that quote, so true. I I just, it really resonated with me and for a number of reasons. One, I really liked his use of the word privilege. And I know privilege has sometimes gotten a bad rap uh, because of how it's been uh, portrayed, someone of privilege who's got more things than somebody else who's lived a privileged life. But I like to say that privilege is really when we think of something as a gift, something that has, it's not expected. It was, for example, one of the quotes I use in the book is, it's a privilege, do not regret it getting older, it's a privilege denied to many And that quote resonates so much with me because my older sister passed away when she was in her thirties, you know, a life cut short and you sit there and you think to yourself, yes, there's stuff that happens as I'm getting older. And some of it I can laugh at, and some of it's a bit frustrating, but I have to keep reminding myself, I'm still here. Mm -hmm. What a privilege that is. What a privilege that is. And so when Carl Jung says, it's a privilege. To be who you truly are—that's how I want people to think of the word privilege. So embrace it as a gift and an honor. Don't shy away from it. Lean into it, and get excited about that privilege that you've been given. We're
0: all extraordinary,
1: and exactly
0: right. We're, we all are um, in our own way. I, you know, I use the analogy because I'm really like spiritual and sometimes kind of woo woo but I say you know if you picture the universe as a great big jigsaw puzzle and every piece is a different shape right your shape completes the picture your shape right. has to fit in and so you need to embrace yourself in every possible way so okay so let's talk about shifting our thinking um Okay, so when we're disappointed, and you, you use the example of coming in fifth place rather than mm. first, first place in a competition, and we could call ourselves a loser.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, we could say, we, you know, why didn't we work harder? Why didn't we try harder? What's wrong with us? Why didn't we win? Mm-hmm. What's a better way? to say that to ourselves.
1: Well, I think one of the most amazing things that, and 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 in fact, I think it's one of the most significant findings in psychological research over the past couple of decades is this concept of we get to choose how we think. We can choose how we think. And that means that we have the ability to shape our thoughts and that voice and that conversation that goes on inside our head. Now, when you come in fifth, and it is a disappointment, some, what I find helpful to reframe those thoughts is to ask different questions. So what did I do well? Because I'm certain you did some things well to come in fifth. How can I do more of those so that I can improve my performance next time? what did i learn from this experience what are some things i could have done better that will enable me to do better going forward perhaps i improved my own personal best during that whatever competition it was there are probably many things to celebrate and learning to be had from that experience but when we constantly put ourselves down then we are actually blocking our ability to succeed in the next endeavor. So you will never reach first if you're constantly telling yourself what a loser you are, because we will perpetuate what we say to ourselves. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If we keep saying we're a loser, we will constantly lose. Instead, reframing those thoughts and asking ourselves the question and seeking the learning that is there for you will help you get to the next step and help you continue to progress. And we are continuous works in progress. We are never fully complete. So it's always about how do I get 1% better or a little bit better each and every day? That thought process, instead of a win or a lose, a black and a white, Mm -hmm. a good or not good fixed or growth mindset, you know, that opportunity to think about it as progress, I think really reshapes our thought process. Yeah,
0: I agree with you. That's a really great way to reframe things. And just, you know, kind of closing up that chapter. I just want to read this, what you say here, when you allow external factors to influence, influence your self-worth, you open your self-worth up to volatility because those external factors aren't within your control. Wow.
1: Yeah. That's absolutely right. Yes. So when we are attaching who we are and our worth to something that's not in our control, We've basically just given that power away instead of taking it back by recognizing that our worth is innate by realizing that it's not about what we do, what job we have, how much money we have, how many friends we have, what house we live in. It doesn't matter. Our worth is innate. We were born worthy. And when we know that, that comes from the inside and it can't be changed. It can't be taken away by anybody else or even if your external circumstances change.
0: Yeah, so many of the people that I work with have been told since they were little children, pretty much as far back as they can remember, that they're not worth anything. they haven't, maybe they haven't been told that. But the message has been, I come before you. always." right, right. Right. So these people grow up, not focusing on themselves and feeling like it's the wrong thing to do to focus on themselves. And really, that's where the healing begins. When you can say, um, I'm worthy, I don't care what anybody says, you know, and Those messages were just, they were somebody else's agenda and
1: they took my power away. Well, and I let them because I didn't know better at the time, Mm -hmm. right? Right. Because I didn't, I wasn't equipped as a young Mm -hmm. child to be able to understand that that was their issue and I didn't have to take it on it's not until we get a little bit older and have some experiences and have some guidance from some other people like yourself people that can help us through some of these situations that we can really look back and say wow you're right that wasn't about me that was about them and i don't need to take that on that's not my burden to bear and i am worthy And when I can recognize that, and when I can start to take care of myself, I can realize that I have that much more to give to other people when I've taken care of myself first. Self-care is not selfish, it's essential. It is essential.
0: You know, I wanted to skip to another place just because you were talking about that. Um, Okay talking about the path of least resistance Mm. without consciously realizing it, your brain is automatically categorizing every situation you encounter based on your previous experiences and trying to change that
1: is not easy. Uh, No, because we're creating new neural pathways. Right. And the brain wants to go to where it's comfortable. Exactly. Exactly. And this is, this is
0: part of, of what I call cognitive dissonance where that's right. Right. Where you're, you need to move forward. You need to embrace a new mindset and you can grasp it for short periods of time, but you keep going back to this path of least resistance because that's where it's grooved in. That's right, That's where the pattern has developed. And so we just have to be persistent with this in order to make these changes.
1: Um, it's very possible, but it's not easy. Not- no, it's not easy. And, and one of the examples I share with people a lot because I think it's visual and I think people can grasp it very simply. So in the previous house we lived in, in our kitchen, it had a sink where you could just run your hand under the water and the water would run, turn on or off. And so I became very conditioned to that behavioral pattern, right? So running my hand under the faucet. And now in the new house we're in, I have to physically turn the water on and off. And I still, to this day, we've been here a year and I'm still finding myself, if I'm not focused on it, if I'm not intentional about it, I revert back to that behavior pattern that's exactly what happens to many many aspects in our lives the brain is going to go to where it knows and what it's comfortable with and that's why i always tell people it takes p to the power of three patience practice perseverance we have to be patient with ourselves and recognize this is going to take time to shift into a new way of thinking a new behavior pattern and we have to put in the practice with intentionality and focus of that new thought process that new thought pattern Mm -hmm. or behavior and we have to be persistent as long as we keep doing it it will eventually become the new way it just takes time takes time
0: and i think a lot of people lack patience
1: Oh, my gosh. I go. I, uh, hello, I'm one of them. <laughs> I mean, sign me up for that one because okay. I mean, I fall right into that category. <laughs> it's like, how fast can I do this, Randy? Right. How yeah. fast can, can I make I these changes? Tomorrow? Yeah. Can I flip right. the switch right. and just be over this? I'm ready to be done. It, right. I I wish it were that simple. Mm-hmm. And, and I at tell the people, same time, I tell it's, people still it's like... doable. It's doable. Yes,
0: it is doable. I tell people, you need to be patient. You need to get off your own back and just allow this process. And then the next time we meet, I feel so bad. I can't do this. (laughs) (laughs) Why can't I do this, Randy? No, you can do it. But you're just your own worst enemy right now when it comes to this. Right. So let's talk about talents um, being part of our swagger superpowers and um, let's see. Okay. So you say actually there are five clues identified by Gallup that exist to help you recognize when you're tapping into and using your talents and strengths. Um, And these clues are listed below. And I'll I'll name them just in case you don't have them memorized but so you can sort of elaborate a little bit on it.
1: Desire or yearning? So desire or yearning that is when you have those activities that you absolutely just love to do and you cannot wait to get back and do that again. That is a demonstration we like to do things that we're good at. And so when you have certain activities or tasks that you just absolutely love doing whether it's pouring into research or really detail oriented work or creative work or certain things that tap into those aspects what you're doing when you have something you love so much that is a demonstration or a clue for you that those activities or tasks are tapping into your talents
0: Mm. okay and the second one is
1: rapid learning Where you catch on to things so quickly, you just nobody, even though you haven't necessarily been told how to do something, but you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I get this. Or you can pick something up really fast. And somebody just gives you a couple a couple of ideas or suggestions on how to do it and you just jump right in and go oh yeah okay I got this. Mm -hmm. That's another clue that you are tapping into whatever that task or activity is is tapping into and allowing you to draw on your talents and strengths. So we really need to be noticing these things about ourselves it's about awareness, really raising your awareness of paying attention to what those activities are, because then you can start to go, huh, okay. So I recognize now that these kinds of activities I'm really drawn to, and actually these come really easy for me. Mm -hmm. I should pay attention to those. That's right. That's right. Okay. So the next one is flow. Low is when I'm sure we've all been there where you can literally be doing something for hours and have no clue how much time has passed. Like it is just you you will look at the clock and go, how in the world did it already get to be four o'clock in the afternoon, five o'clock in the afternoon, because you were in the zone, you were just going, you didn't and You could focus and you were in it and nothing distracted you. You weren't pulled away like that movie up where it's like squirrel, you know, one little distraction moves you away from something. It's truly where you're just in that flow, really. And that's another clue that you are tapping into your talents and strengths when you have those real moments like that.
0: I think we all have them at times.
1: Yes. Um, Glimpses of excellence. That's where you do something you go, how in the world did I just do that? That is not that you wanna brag about yourself, but you're just almost amazed at what you were able to accomplish. And that's where you, again, are tapping into your talents and your strengths because you were able to do something that you, quite frankly, maybe didn't even know you could do. And it was pretty amazing. And
0: um, number five is satisfaction.
1: When you complete something and you just feel really good, satisfied, you just have that sense of accomplishment and great sense of satisfaction, completing a task or an activity. And again, that is when you are truly tapping into those talents and the strengths that you have. Right.
0: And I think... uh, People tend to diminish those qualities about themselves and say, "Well, I should be doing this. I should be a doctor. I should be a lawyer. I should be a CPA." Um, and says? I know, I know that Who's when
1: saying the shoulds,
0: <laughs> I know the shoulds. I, I, that's that's another thing. I'm like, there's no shoulds here, you know. When you work with me, there are no shoulds. But we're dealing with people who have been programmed, right, negatively, and um, when I help people guide them to release the shoulds the things that they thought were expected of them in this world they are so happy like they'll say well you know i thought that you know being a lawyer was going to be the thing i should do and it would make my family happy and the society would approve of me um and those kind of things and yet every time i keep going from firm to firm. I I keep getting fired. I don't fit. What's wrong with me? (laughs) No, it's because you're misplaced. You're not where you're supposed to be. Oh, you mean I can really just do what I want to do? Yes. Really? (laughs) This is the conversation, which, um, you know, is amazing, but really this is what we're talking about, right? Jennifer.
1: Well, we're talking about our talents and we're also talking about uh, this concept of, again, it goes back to what we just talked about in self-worth, where this person that you're referring to has placed all these external expectations of what they should do to be accepted or to be uh, valued in society or family or whatever it is. But instead, we have, when we do what makes us really happy... And this also touches again into purpose, which comes later in the book. But when we have figured out our why, why we exist, why we're here, and that taps into and helps us utilize what we're naturally good at our talents and strengths, our swagger superpowers, if you will that is where we will truly be at our happiest and also be able to give the world what we truly have to offer cuz right now this person is not at their best they're not performing at their best because they're not where they should be exactly they're not tapping into right. right they're not tapping into what they have to truly offer right. and to give and until they do that they can't be at their best it's so true
0: So I think the question that some people may have as they're listening to this is do my natural talents and gifts and things that make me happy, are they going to support me and support my family? Uh, How do I go about doing that? So we have this dilemma, I think, you know, because we live in a society that's monetary based and
1: we need to provide. So what do you say about that? I tell people that you can tap into your talents and your strengths in any capacity. It doesn't matter what your role is. You can also tap into your purpose in just about any role you're in. It's about how you frame it. So for example, when I worked with leaders, and let's say they had figured out that what they loved was really developing people. But they were in, let's say, a manufacturing role, and they were a leader of a team of people in a manufacturing role. And they would say, "Well, how am I gonna, how am I gonna tap into this this passion and this purpose I have of developing people when I'm, I'm just in the the plant? You know, how do I do that? How do I use my talents? Maybe their talents are uh, around relationship building and around strategic thinking, or." Um, achieving things. There are so many ways. It's about uncovering how you use your strengths, your talents in your everyday life and how you can tap into that purpose and that passion in whatever role you're in. Sometimes because of what you said, we have to Maybe do things that we're not super excited about in the moment because they are supporting and providing for our family. But that doesn't mean we can't tap into and utilize our strengths to our fullest capacity in those roles or tap into our purpose and our passions. I
0: like that. And if you find that you're in a, in a position that where you cannot possibly do that, then it's probably time to move on. But it, you know, but to consider what your talents are so that you can um, claim your swagger wherever you
1: are. are. Well, and I think it's also creating that really important smart plan and approach and tapping into doing that work in advance of figuring out where you need to be next can help you identify the roles or the jobs or the positions that might not only make you really happy, but where you'll be really successful. Mm -hmm. And so doing that self-discovery and self-awareness work before you decide to change positions is really, really helpful. It can also help you perform exceptionally well in the interview process because you know yourself really well. And that means you can have some really powerful conversations during the interviews and be willing to be vulnerable at the right times, identify your strengths, understand that you appreciate and know where your limitations are. You can share about your passions and your purpose. You can talk about your core values. These are things that people would say, wow, this is a very enlightened individual. (laughs) This is somebody we want on our team. So again, doing this work, not only helps you determine am i in a good place for me right now am i in a place where i can be at my best and perform at my best and if not what do i need to determine to help me get there what do i need to do to help me get there what does that look like
0: right so um jennifer identifies um, several different groupings of talents that we have and we can't go through all of them, obviously, because that would just take way too much time. But how do you want to share that? The different categories? Mm-hmm. How would you like to share that so that people so understand I, what's here?
1: So what I, what, what I think it. it's really about, and this information is all comes from Gallup. So I want to be clear on that. It's Gallup's research. And I was able, I'm a Gallup Strengths, um, a certified strengths coach. And I was given permission to utilize their research in my book okay. and what these categories do where they really help you understand a bit more how you give and receive how you like to give and receive information how you process information, how you communicate, how you develop relationships, and kind of how you think about things. And so by providing you an opportunity to kind of group some of the talents that you have, it enables you to see a bit more about how you process information, communicate, develop strength, I mean, develop relationships, and how you engage with the world around you. Right.
0: So just, I'll just give a, for instance, just a couple of them, because these are the ones I checked off for me. Adaptability. People exceptionally talented in the adaptability theme prefer to go with the flow. They tend to be now people who take things as they come and discover the future one day at a time. And then you have communication. People exceptionally talented in the communication theme generally find it easy to put their thoughts into words. They are good conversationalists and presenters. And I'll just cite one more. Um, Self-assurance, people exceptionally talented in the self-assurance theme feel confident in their ability to manage their own lives. They have an inner compass that gives them certainty in their decisions. Um, And then you group them together as executing, influencing, relationship building, and strategic thinking. And I was surprised to see that most of mine fell with relationship building.
1: Why was that a surprise to you? would you say, Randy? Um,
0: you know, I work with people and I know that I'm gifted at doing that. But I don't see it as building relationships. I be see it more as influencing or mm-hmm. strategic thinking or whatever, uh, which I have aspects there, you know, sure. But the relationship building Um, really surprised me.
1: What I love about this work and what I love about people actually taking the time to figure out, to go and take the assessment through Gallup and figure out what their talents are, I find that it's really eye-opening for a lot of people. And it gives you another perspective, not only on who you are, but how you engage with the world around you. And sometimes people even read some of the report and go that's not me like that's I don't know who that is, but if they give somebody else the report to read that knows them really well. Chances are that person's going to say that is totally you that is absolutely 100% you and what I find interesting about it is it gives us another language to utilize to talk about ourselves as well and. Another aspect of being able to find and have a deeper sense of awareness of where do we use these things? So you said, I really felt like I was good at some of these things. I thought they sat in these categories or these aspects more than these, but it's about now figuring out how you use your talents to accomplish and to do what you do. Mm -hmm. And I, the example I use in the book, I don't have communication or woo anywhere in my top 10, they're like (laughs) way down in my report. And yet I was a global leadership consultant, having to be in front of people, having to deliver, you know, presentations, facilitate programs to all kinds of leaders from across the world, meet clients, do these things, build relationships very quickly And so the examples I use in the book are how I use my talents to do what I needed to do to be successful in that role, even though I didn't have what most people would have thought I needed to be successful in the role. Mm. And I think that's what's so amazing about this work is it helps people really start to uncover not only what are they naturally good at, but how do they use it? to their benefit to really excel and succeed Mm
0: -hmm. this book is so um so eye-opening in so many ways and you just you hit it you keep nailing it (laughs) jennifer all along the way you're nailing it um these are you just have a great way of explaining all of this and you get to the core of the matter which i like I don't like being. Thank you. I like getting to the core of the matter.
1: I'm kind of a direct individual. I don't know people Mm -hmm. when they start to get to know me, they'll start to recognize that's a little bit of my personality.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm like that too. I'm pretty direct. Yeah. Um, Okay. The stories you tell. Oh. Wow. Our stories can really
1: keep us stuck. Can't they? I completely 100% agree. And, And it's partly why I bring it up because it's not just the experiences we've had. It's the stories we tell ourselves about the experiences and the emotions that we've attached to those experiences and those memories. And I go back to that comment that I made before and that concept of we can choose the way we think. And when we know that, that means that we can also choose to rewrite the stories we've told ourselves about our life experiences. And they no longer have to hold us back. They no longer have to be a barrier. They no longer have to be something we're ashamed of. They can be something we end up celebrating. We can show our scars off with pride and say, yes. I went through these things and look how I turned out mm-hmm. and look who I am now, mm-hmm. because I could go back. And for example, the, the example you shared earlier about the individual who grew up in a situation where they were told certain things their whole life, and now they can reframe the stories they've connected to those experiences. And they can recognize that that wasn't their issue. That was the other person's issue. And they can let go of that and they can learn from it and they can say, you know what, maybe the learning is, I don't ever want to do that to somebody else in my life. I don't ever want anybody else to feel the way that I felt during that experience. How do I go forward and how do I make sure that my behavior can help people recognize their worth and that their worth is innate? So there's it's about reframing the stories you tell yourself. And that's the beauty of the fact that they are stories, but we are the architect of those stories. We are the screenwriter, the director and the lead actor in the movie of our lives. That means we get to change it. We get to dictate where it goes, but we can also reframe and reshape those stories. We've told ourselves about the past. I hope everybody
0: is listening to that because we, you know when you've had um, complex trauma as a child you can get really get stuck in your story really stuck in your story yeah. and I you know I let people tell me their story maybe twice but if they continue to tell me their story then I realize they're not going to progress you know as long as they stay stuck in that story so um, I like what you're saying about reframing it mm-hmm. figuring out, taking the best out of that. What did you learn? Mm -hmm. What would you do differently? How are you going to do it differently in your life now? Right? Take it and use it because everything that happens to us in life has a purpose. That's right. Nothing is accidental.
1: That's right. There's learning in every opportunity that we have or every experience that we have is an opportunity for learning. And I think what's really important there too is that if we continually stay in the story as if it's still happening by retelling it over and over and over, we haven't removed ourselves from it and we have to take ourselves out of the story to be able to look back into it and analyze and examine it and reflect on it. But when we're still living it in that loop on repeat, like watching a movie over and over and over again, the movie's never going to change. You have to stop watching the movie and reflect on what you saw, what you heard, what happened and start to analyze it. And then figure out where the learning is and what you're going to take away from it. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, narcissistic abuse is particularly difficult in this way, because nothing's ever been validated. And you're not sure that what you're what you're remembering is being remembered correctly. So that's why I say, you know, I will validate, I will acknowledge, I will explain while somebody tells me their story so that they can get the validation that they are, have been seeking for so long. And also the fact that they're not crazy. They're not imagining it. They're not right. making it up, you know? Um, but once validated, it's time to move on.
1: Well, it's time to reflect on that story and look at it from a different lens. Right.
0: Better way of saying it, yes. Better yeah. way of saying it. Um, you talk about celebrating your scars and um, kintsugi is that the Mm -hmm. the Japanese art of repairing broken pottery using gold
1: explain that so I I loved that metaphor because I love this idea that in kintsugi pottery they take broken or shattered pieces of pottery that most people would seem think is useless and they put it back together and they fill the cracks with gold So now that piece of broken pottery that's now put back together is a piece of art and it's celebrated and it is revered and it is highly valued. And I thought, well, that's the same with us. Life, often we might feel like life has shattered us into a million pieces. And what I want people to remember, one, is you can be put back together and two, you can, when you use gratitude as your gold. So finding gratitude for those experiences that you've had, which when you're in the midst of them can be very challenging. But as we just said, once you get to a certain point and you can look back and you can reflect and you can identify the learning and the growth that has taken place as a result of those experiences, you can find gratitude for those experiences. And it's gratitude that becomes our gold. And when we use that as our gold, we transform ourselves into these priceless works of art that we are, that we can then celebrate those scars that life gave us now that we can see them in a completely different light. And I like to say that gratitude is a lot of people struggle with that word and what it really means. And gratitude is being grateful for what is appreciating what is and what you have not what might be or that things are better than somebody else or that you're putting a false positivity on something or trying to overcome these negative emotions it's truly appreciating what is and i like to say that gratitude is really about outcome and what i mean by outcome is being grateful for something that would never have transpired or existed had you not had that experience so i use an example sometimes in the book i even use an example of recovering from an injury now i don't love being injured but because i was injured i gained deeper appreciation and gratitude for my daily activities that i could no longer do during the injury And now when I get up in the morning and I go do my workout, I am grateful that I get to do what I get to do on a daily basis in my workout instead Mm -hmm. of being unable to. Now that gratitude came as a result of having that experience of going through that particular injury to remind myself of how appreciative I was and how great my daily activities are. So that's what I mean by gratitude. And that's what I mean by using it to fill our scars that life kind of presents for us and then be able to celebrate those and share them and show them to the world. Don't hide them away.
0: Yeah, gratitude is such such a powerful um, tool, whatever it is. It's
1: one of the most powerful tools in our toolbox, I like to tell people. And so incredibly simple to use. It can in a moment shift your mindset and attitude and perspective. In a moment, like an instant.
0: It really can. Yeah, I go through my day, you know, every little thing that goes right, I'm like, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I'm like, thank you. That's great oh, thank you for that parking spot, that's wonderful, thank you, you know, I'm thanking everybody all the time, but I know that, you know, when I began to embrace gratitude, my life got so much smoother, everything just, it takes away a lot of the resistance. Well,
1: and also, they, they do say, and this is, goes back to, we can control our thoughts, and what we think about is what we create, So what we focus on is what we end up seeing more of and also bringing more of into our lives. So when we focus on gratitude, we will start to see and appreciate more of what's going on in our lives and be in a mindset and an attitude of appreciation and gratitude instead of focusing on everything that's wrong. When we're focused on everything that's wrong or everything is really hard, we're going to continually see how difficult things are. We're going to continue to see that this is hard or challenging or what's wrong with this. So what we focus on is what we end up creating more of or seeing more of or bringing more of into our life. And so when you can start to create a practice of gratitude, and that can be as simple as writing down a couple of things that you are grateful for right now it could be as simple as the fact that you woke up today. Sometimes that's all we can be grateful for. I get it. But find one or two things, wake up every morning, read those things, embrace those things, be grateful for those things. And do that again when you go to bed at night. So it's the first thing you see when you wake up, it's the last thing you see before you go to sleep. And then start to create this, this habit, this practice of finding things to be grateful for. And just like you said, Randy, you will start to see this amazing shift. It is transformative. It's truly transformative. It is.
0: It's very transformative. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, sometimes when, um, a client is really stuck in a, in a negative mindset or limiting belief, you know, I'll say, okay, this week, until you see me, I want you to stay in gratitude. I want you to say you're grateful for everything. I want you to shift your thinking completely to gratitude. Just get. It. You can come back to this if you want, but let's just try this for a week and let's see. And inevitably, it does release them yeah. from this loop of negativity that they get stuck in.
1: No, completely uh, agree.
0: Yeah, um, and. I guess the last thing I want to bring up is the old lens and the new lens. So, Mm. so I think that this is really important. Um, So an old lens would be, it's all my fault.
1: What would a new lens be? Instead of it being at all my fault, you can say to yourself, you know, what part did I play in that? And what could I do differently going forward or you could ask yourself what really happened there because chances are I was probably not the only one involved in whatever that was so identify what really happened look for the real facts not the beliefs that are going on in your head and then ask yourself again it's about finding those opportunities for learning what can I do better next time? What can I do differently? And what did I do well? Okay.
0: Um, it's never going to get better. What's another way?
1: What's a, that's an old lens. Yeah. What would a new yeah. lens be? It's never going to get better. Well, it may be challenging right now, but that doesn't mean I can't find a way forward. And we've been through worse, sometimes telling myself I've been through worse than this before and I've gotten through it Mm -hmm. is also helpful. And it just, again, releases the brain from that negative spiral. So saying, you know what, this might be challenging right now, but there's opportunities for learning and growth. There's something I can do to be able to progress forward. Instead of saying it's always going to be like this, no change is the is the only thing that's constant which means something's going to change so it's not going to stay the same i like that
0: yeah life is just moving it's moving ahead yes. things are going to change and shift and if you think that life in 10 years is going to look like it does today it's not and it right. and it doesn't even really matter what you do it's just the 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 momentum of life as that's we live right. it um this is going to ruin everything now i went and did this this is going to ruin everything that's an old lens what would it yes.
1: be well first of all i think sometimes we have to realize that we don't have that much power <laughs> to, to impact everything <laughs> True. so i think it's it's being able to sit there and go okay so maybe i made a mistake okay maybe i messed up But it's not the end of the world. There are steps we can take to recover. There are things we can do to move forward. And again, it's about what can we, what can I learn from what I did, the mistake I made to progress instead of regress? So how do I get better going forward by learning from this mistake or whatever it is that I made?
0: You know, what comes to mind here it's a little bit different, but, um, uh, when people get so upset over something, they said, they think it was stupid. They said, don't think it landed well, you know, and they're like, why did I say that? Why would I say that? That was so stupid. And I say to people, like you said, I I mean, you're, you're just not that important in that moment. Those people heard it, Okay, probably they didn't moved. even think twice about it. Right, they moved on, yeah. and here you are wrecking your whole day, thinking mm-hmm. you did something that people don't notice. Everything about us, they really don't. <laughs> we're just not that, you know. We're just not that important to everybody. Right, um, and we need to really get off our own back. Okay.
1: Well, and again, in those moments, I think what's really helpful is to be able to ask the question to go, okay, so if I wasn't really happy with how this came about what could I have said differently? How can I approach a similar situation that I maybe come across in the future? How am I going to do it differently? Right. That's
0: very positive. Okay. And the fourth one is I can't do that. I just can't do that. I don't know how I just can't.
1: I haven't yet learned what I need to, to be able to do that. So I'm just not able to do that yet. That doesn't mean I can't do it. It's just, what do I need to learn to be able to do that? And this one is actually one that I use all the time because there's so many times I even catch myself going, I don't, I can't do this. I just don't know how to do it yet. doesn't mean I can't. It just means I haven't figured it out yet, but I can figure it out and I can learn and I can research and I can look things up Mm -hmm. and I can figure it out. Mm -hmm. So I just don't know what I need to yet to be able to do that. So I think that's a great way to reframe those statements.
0: I agree with you. That is a great way to reframe those statements. So, (coughs) excuse me. So, um, we're talking to jennifer today about her book claim your swagger and as you can tell by this conversation there's a lot of good stuff in here <laughs> that will really really help you redirect and claim your swagger get your power back That's and right. the way that you put it Jennifer, it makes it so easy to understand to digest um i really i really like that i really like the, your method and your you know, and your way of explaining how to get rid of these limiting beliefs that we have, and we all have them. Everybody has them. So um, do you have anything you want to share or say before we finish anything that's important?
1: I really love to tell people that they already have everything they need to be at their best, perform at their best and live their best life. They just need to learn how to use it. And that's exactly what Claim Your Swagger is designed to do, to help you tap into and use what you already have. It's already there. It's just learning how to use it effectively.
0: Great message to end on this. Okay, everybody, I, he- I hope you're listening. I hope you're taking notes because these, these are golden. These things that Jennifer saying are golden, and they will really help you in your life. Well, this has been great. I have really enjoyed talking with you.
1: Thank you so much for inviting me to join you, Randy. I so appreciate it. It's been truly a a pleasure and an honor to be with you. You're welcome. It's been my
0: pleasure as well. All right. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye.